ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. On this podcast, I'm going to do something different. If you've been listening and following this podcast for however long you've been listening, um, you know that I normally don't do current events. And I hardly ever talk politics. In fact, I think this might be the third podcast that I've done where I'll discuss politics. So it's going to be, you know, straight facts and it's going to be my opinion with some humor sprinkled in. So if you're not into politics, turn the podcast off. This ain't this, this, this ain't the one. So what I wanted to do was just give you my perspective uh, as we have now elected uh, our 46th president, Joseph R. Biden, not Biden, <laughs> and uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. Um, as I mentioned on a previous podcast, there would be a podcast coming up talking about the election. Uh, I think, I, yeah, I mentioned it on the 2020 podcast a couple of days ago. Um, I wanted to do this because and I wanted to wait until after the election was actually over before I did it, because uh, kind of had a feeling that something was going to happen. <laughs> Wasn't really sure what was going to happen, but I knew something was going to happen. Um, anyway, let's backtrack, man. Um, I'm coming to you as not only a black man, but a resident of the state of Georgia. And I'll talk about that in just a few. Um, so we go back to the election. <laughs> I remember distinctly remember a couple of days before the election. The I read a story on a very reputable nonpartisan website that said. Um, before the election is actually decided. Duke was going to claim that he won the election. And by Duke, I mean the current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I don't ever call him by his name because his name is not worthy of being mentioned, especially not on, a, on this podcast. Um, but anyway, he'll be hereby referred to as Duke. So Duke according to this article, would declare um, that he won the election before it was actually decided. And, you know, I put that mental note in the back of my mind because, honestly, that sounded like something on brand that he would do. Now, we knew coming into the election that it was going to be close. We knew that every vote was going to count, so forth and so on. However, if you believe the polls, um, they had him losing. Uh, and they had him losing, uh, you know, some polls had him losing or behind in the polls by, you know, up to like nine percent. But, you know, I don't really know how much trust you can put into the polls because the polls had Hillary winning four years ago. And how did that turn out? 
nonetheless, um, so we we get to election night, and lo and behold, you know the results are coming in. I remember election night very well. I I did. Uh, I think I played some video games, which I really do. I played video games, and um, I just kind of chilled. I did. I recorded a podcast, and I don't think I turned on CNN until like ten or eleven o'clock or whatever. And the results were coming in, and you know he was ahead. And um, you know CNN was trying to you know be fair and play the middle, which quite honestly I can understand why because you know Duke has been very critical of CNN and in the, in the media anyway. So um, nonetheless, they. Uh, that's how they were playing it. And so right before I went to bed, Duke, lo and behold, declares that he won the won the uh, won the election. Now, he mentioned some states that he had won. And according to CNN, according to CBS, according to Fox, according to all of the, all of these places, uh, all of the votes weren't in yet. I mean, like he claimed Pennsylvania and. When I looked at when he when I got word that he claimed Pennsylvania, um, there was only like 40,000, excuse me, 40 percent of districts reporting. So none of the ballot, I mean, like less than half of the, the ballots have been counted. So and you still had absentee and um, and those ballots to count. Now, get on that in just a second. Uh so even if you go back a couple of weeks prior to the election, Duke said that, hey, this election is going to be fraud. It's going to be widespread fraud. <laughs> it's going to be rigged. And I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I would be a little bit leery about playing in a game that I knew was rigged. I mean, he claimed it, but. <laughs> Before it even happened, he said, hey, this election is rigged or maybe, maybe just maybe the previous election was rigged and we just didn't know. So Duke goes out a couple of weeks before the election. He, lo and behold, gets the coronavirus. And I mean, it was interesting because Duke had, you know, thrown out the theory that the coronavirus would be gone. And, you know, it was. <laughs> He even alluded to the fact early in its stages when it got to the United States that it was a hoax. Um, And I mean, he did absolutely nothing to, you know, prevent the spread. Um, But that's that's another story for another day. Um, But uh, like I said, I did read um, and hear about him claiming fraud, claiming victory before the election was actually called. Um, and again, he when he got the coronavirus, he could not go out and physically campaign. I mean, but, you know, he's a commander in tweet. So uh, how much campaigning does he really need to do? All he has to do is log into Twitter and he's on point. Um, nonetheless, so all of that happens. So he claims victory at about like one o'clock in the morning or something like that. Half of these places that, you know, where he claimed that he won, um, you know, they hadn't counted all the ballots. I mean, I don't know. Listen, 
the last time that I checked, and I'm someone who has studied politics and grew, grown up in an era where politics, you know, I, I've seen a lot, right? I'm somewhat of a historian. I'm not an expert. But the last time that I checked, when you, um, when you win an election, you have to have all of the ballots counted first. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's just me. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell y'all. I mean, in the elections that I've seen and, you know, the years that I've been on this earth. Uh, yeah, you have to um, you have to count the elect. You have to count the ballots first before you can say, hey, I won. Or you can you know, they can be projections or whatever if it's close. But um yeah, the 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 objective is to um count the ballots first. But, you know, again, he is doing this and so so there he goes. And what was interesting was <laughs> he said, Hey, I won this state. And the state was like, uh, we ain't reported everybody yet. But he was still claiming he won the state, so whatever. Um in this particular election, there was a lot of early voting and absentee ballots across the country. Um, absentee ballots were at an all time high. And the reason being is because um, there was fear or thoughts of that there may be issues with the mail. Well, why do you think that there would be issues with the mail? Well, there was fear that there would be issues with the mail because Duke said, hey, I'm going to slow down the mail. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up. So he tells people he's going to slow down the mail. Um, so people are left with, you know, there some people in a conundrum. OK, do I mail in my ballot or do I, uh, you know, vote in person and voting in person wouldn't be an issue if we did not have the coronavirus. I mean, we were in a global pandemic. Nobody wants to. They're, they're telling you to avoid crowds. Who wants to go stand in line around a bunch of people, some with masks on, some not, <laughs> depending on where you live, and be subject to a virus that could kill you all while you cast your ballot? Or you could get an absentee ballot but Duke is saying, hey, we're going to slow down the mail. So you could mail in your absentee ballot, but there's no guarantee that it was going to get there on time. So people were in a conundrum. They weren't sure what to do. And I don't blame them because I was in the same situation uh, here voting in Georgia. I actually ordered an absentee ballot. I ordered absentee ballots for not only myself, but my wife and my two sons who are at the time of the recording and the time that they voted were 21 and 18. And, you know, so this is their first presidential election to be voting in. And, um, you know, it was interesting. And one of the and I, I mentioned it on Twitter, one of the best things I think that came out of this election and this whole process was being able to talk to them about what it is that they're seeing and being able to explain to them like this is not how it's supposed to go but um 
nonetheless, so I ordered an absentee ballot. I did not use my absentee ballot. So what happened was when I went to vote in person, I voted early here in, in Atlanta. Um, that's where I live. And when I went in to vote early and I gave them my license, they ran my thing through. I got flagged. So they said, hey, did you order an absentee ballot? I said, yes, I did. They said, so, OK, you have to step over here and this guy right here will take care of you. So what he did was he. <clears throat> excuse me, he saw my name on the list. Uh, he got me off the list. I had to sign an affidavit stating that I did not complete a, uh, an absentee ballot. And then I was able to vote in person. Simple process. No, and I think that probably happened to a lot of people because, yeah, at the time that I ordered an absentee ballot, I wasn't sure if I was going to vote because I mean, like I the idea of standing in line around a bunch of people and then going into a building with a bunch of people and voting and touching stuff. Nah, man, I wasn't with it. <laughs> I was not with it. But again, didn't use the absentee ballots. This happened to not only me, but my family as well. So we voted in person. Um, then a strange thing happened. And I think if I was paying attention, I probably could have seen it coming, but I was hopeful, but I wasn't sure. The state of Georgia turned blue. I mean, like this is the, reddest of red states but the state turned blue and the reason or one of the major reasons why was because of a woman by the name of Stacey Abrams now if you're not familiar with Stacey Abrams Stacey Abrams ran for governor a couple of years ago uh, I want to say it was like two almost three years ago and she ran against the current governor, uh, Kemp. Um, and Kemp, she she only lost to Kemp by, I want to say, 50,000 votes. But if you saw all of the voter suppression and the ballots that were thrown out and this and that. You could clearly see that Stacey Abrams won that election. And Kemp really stole it from her. <laughs> I'm going to just keep it a bean. And so instead of being bitter or mad, I mean, you know, she did everything that she needed to do and, you know, filed whatever she needed to file. But, I mean, it, it Kemp was the winner. And, again, he only won by, like, I want to say 50, somewhere between 50 and 60,000 votes. And so – what Stacey Abrams did was she strategized and mobilized and said, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that this does not happen again. So what she did was she created a wave of grassroots programs and where they just had this huge push to not only get people to register to vote, but also make sure that people know what their rights were in the follow up process. And quite honestly, you know, the voting process, at least in my eyes, changed from 2016 to 2020 because all before 
you know, in Georgia, you just use the card. You, you stick the card in, you type in whatever you um, you make your selections on the computer and then you get the card back. Well, this time is a little different. You know, you did that. But after you got that card back, you got a printout and then you got the printout and your card and you walk to a machine, you scan it, scan the card in the machine. And the machine says that your vote was cast, your ballot was cast, and it gave you a confirmation that, you know, nothing for everything was electronic, but it was an, another extra step. I don't know if I, I don't know if it was like that in other states, but that's what happened here. And so to me, that let me know, hey, they're not playing around like you can't interfere with this. You know, you you you'd have to do a whole <laughs> lot you need a whole lot of help from the russians to interfere with this and so you know i gotta give mad props to stacy abrams because i want to say that i I don't know if they have a concrete number but somewhere between 150 and 200,000 more people were registered to vote this time around um from the time that uh you know she had the election stolen from her by kemp and so subsequently, there was a huge push to have more people vote. And the next thing that happened was, you know, there was this blue wave. And the blue wave in Georgia primarily came from the metro Atlanta counties. Um, record numbers, record numbers of people from the metro Atlanta counties um, helped flip the state. And so you had, you know, close to a half a million more people that voted than they did in 2016. And like I said, a lot of that had to do with uh, Stacey Abrams, you know, just getting out there, pushing people to vote. And again, I give her mad props because she really could have just gone about her business. She could have, quite honestly, Stacey Abrams was dope enough and good enough to run for president. I don't know if she would have won, but she could have been right there challenging Joe Biden, honestly. Um, But yeah, Atlanta, you know, say what you want about Atlanta. Atlanta saved the day when it came to flipping this state blue. Uh, So <laughs> the state turns blue, right? Everybody's shot. Oh, oh, my gosh. We can't believe it. Georgia voted for Biden and Harris. Right. So Duke. Is not happy. <laughs> Duke is pissed off. Duke. Is. Angry. He's livid. The state of Georgia had, if I'm not mistaken, Three recounts of the ballots. Joe Biden ended up winning Georgia by 11,000 something votes. Close to 12,000 votes. We had three recounts. (laughs) And the numbers didn't really change. I mean, you know, actually, I think after the first recount, Biden picked up like 200 more votes. Um, But yeah, I mean, it, it was crazy. It was crazy. And so, you know, we we go through that process of, uh, you know, 
Georgia turning blue. And then, you know, <laughs> Duke gets mad with the Secretary of State, a guy by the name of Brad Raffensperger. Now, Brad Raffensperger is, uh, like I said, he's the Secretary of State of Georgia. Um, he said, hey, we did three recounts. The election in the state of Georgia was secure and it was fair. And that wasn't good enough for Duke. <laughs> it wasn't good enough. I mean, this man is a Republican. He actually voted for Duke. And Duke calls him out. He calls Kemp out on Twitter. Uh, I mean, just blasting them, calling them rhinos, R-H-I-N-O, which is short for, I think, Republic R-I-N-O, I think. Republicans in name only, um, R-I-N-O. And so Duke actually calls the state of Georgia and speaks to Brad Raffensperger on the phone. And the phone call is recorded. Now, the, from what I gather, the phone call was recorded by not only the White House, but the state of Georgia. And somehow this phone call leaked. And here we have audio of the leader of the free world, Duke. And he asked Brad Raffensperger, I need you to find me 11,000 votes. <laughs> Listen, man, people ask and they borrow your car. They ask, can you take them to the store? They ask for some flour. You don't ask nobody for 11,000 votes. What was he going to do? Pull them out his ass? There weren't 11,000 votes to find, Duke. <laughs> I'm sorry. And this man got on national TV and said, hey, I voted for him. But we had a secure and fair election. Everything was counted. Well, here's the problem, Duke. You probably couldn't claim the reason why you couldn't claim the election. And I thought the idea of him telling some some states to stop counting and others to keep counting. <laughs> I mean, like, OK, stop the count in Georgia, but in Pennsylvania, but keep counting in Wyoming. I mean, come on, man. I, it, the whole thing was. It was sad, but I'm not going to lie. It was comical. It was, I mean, like, it was comical. Brad Raffensperger told Duke, he said, just because you don't like the results of an election doesn't mean you go down the road of violence. We work on our differences in the, in the halls of our general assemblies, in the halls of Congress, not out in the streets, bullying, shooting, beating people up. It's hoodlumism, close quote. And he also went on to say, it's a shame that it had to come to that. It's a shame that so many political leaders, elected officials in the Republican Party didn't have the courage and stand and say, Mr. President, here's what the numbers are. And I believe the real numbers. Close quote. And he's right. I don't know Brad Raffensperger from a can of paint, but he's right. I mean, to the point where. 
he was, <laughs> and it's crazy to say this, but I mean, he was being threatened, death threats from the supporters of Duke because he reported on a fair election. There was nothing fraudulent about this election. And every state said the same thing. This has been a safe, secure election. There were no Russians involved. There were no Cubans. There was no Jamaicans involved. There was nobody involved but us. But here's where we are. (laughs) You making a phone call to the secretary of state of the state of Georgia and asking him, hey, bro, you got you got uh, you got eleven thousand of them votes, bro. (laughs) Fuck out of here, man. Anyway, so that happens. November 7th, uh, the election is called. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are headed to Washington. Now, I remember when I got the text message that, you know, it was um, official. And when I got home, I turned the TV on and I literally saw people in the streets dancing not in Atlanta not in DC not in New York City not in LA but everywhere man there's a spot not too far from the Capitol. I saw people in the street doing the electric slide (laughs) you're doing the electric slide because you're celebrating um, Duke being removed from office and what's interesting is that as i watched that i can only remember seeing that in other countries i never saw i mean like nobody got up and boogied <laughs> when when bush was elected nobody was breakdancing when obama got elected but this is where we are. People didn't want Duke that bad to the point where they were celebrating that he was gone. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. So the election ends, right? And here we are. <laughs> what people did not realize was that when the general election was over, there was going to be a runoff in the state of Georgia. And the runoff was going to be because there were no winners, no winners that you could declare in the Senate. Um, So there were going to be two runoffs, uh, runoffs between uh, current Senator David Perdue versus John Ossoff and the current Senator, Senator, um, Kelly Loeffler versus Reverend Raphael Warnock. Now, when I realized that there was going to be a runoff, honestly, I told my homegirl, uh, Shelly Shell, I said, they're not going to win, meaning Warnock and Ossoff. And the reason being is because, generally speaking, when there is a runoff in the state of Georgia, uh, people normally don't come back out to vote again. They just don't. I mean, it's at least in the time frame that I've been here and I've been here more than 20 years. Um, the the voter turnout is normally low and it almost 
always refa- favors Republicans, right? So I told Shell, I was like, nah, this ain't, it was like, is Biden and, and Harris are going to have to do what they can with the Congress that they have because the Congress won't be flipped because what was up for grabs in this runoff were two Senate seats. And if the Republicans won at least one of those Senate seats, they would con- t- control, uh, they would keep control of the, uh, the Senate, right? And uh, the Democrats already have the House. And, but if both Ossoff and Warnock won, then there would be a tie. And I think the normal tiebreaker would be the vice president. Thus, having a Democratic vice president, now you're flipping Congress to the Democrats. So now, with a win by Ossoff and Warnock, you then have the Democrats then have control of the House and they have control of the Senate, which is something that they have not had in a while. Right. So. I was, you know. Skeptical at best, because, like I said, I I just know how things go in this state and I've seen so many things. And like I said, Purdue and Loeffler were already in the Senate. Loeffler was actually appointed to the Senate in 2019 by Kemp when um, Johnny Isaacson uh, resigned due to health reasons. So here we go. We got a runoff. Ossoff and Warnoff. Ossoff is this young Jewish guy, well-spoken, real sharp. Raphael Warnock is the pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta. If you're familiar, that is Martin Luther King's church. Um, I'll be honest, prior to not the runoff, but the election, um, I probably didn't. I mean, I did my due diligence and I voted for Warnock in the um, I voted. I voted for both Warnock and Ossoff in the uh, in the general election. But here's the thing. In the state of Georgia, you have to have at least 50.5 percent or more of the vote. And there were so many candidates running for Senate, the votes were split. And so, you know, Ossoff and Warnock and Purdue and Loeffler had the most votes. So, you know, they're 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 doing the runoff. Right. And so Warnock, here he is, is this black president. Right. I'm excuse me, black preacher. I'm sorry. (laughs) Getting a little ahead of myself. This black this black preacher. Real cool cat kind of resembles uh, comedian J.B. Smooth. <laughs> um, but uh, you know that they, they they've got their work cut out for them, right? And so here we go. Now, most of you, in fact, all of you, you know, if you watch TV or anything, were up until the general election were bombarded with negative ads, right? And so. You were bombarded with negative ads, political ads from Trump, from Biden all the way up to that time. And I'm pretty sure whatever, whoever else that was running in your particular state, I mean, we were it, it was it was unreal. I'd never seen nothing like this. So here's the thing that I want to share with you guys. Right. When the election ended. Those ads, those political ads, those negative political ads for y'all ended 
Not for us here in the state of Georgia. <laughs> man, it was ridiculous, man. I mean, like, not only were there negative ads, but you would get text messages. Hey, remember to vote on January 5th. Text messages, phone calls. I mean, hey, do, do, do you remember? And I don't know. Well, I know how they got my number, but I literally would get a text every other day. And then you just reply to the text and say, stop or remove. And they, you know, I mean, but it was different places. So, and, you know, just reminding me to vote. Bro, I, don't, I, I don't need you to remind me to vote. I voted in the, I, I, I voted early. Um, <clears throat> we went as a family and voted um, in mid-December. Uh, we voted early. So, you know, that was done. So I, I did my part. <laughs> Same with the general election. I did my part. That's all I can do. Right. And but what was interesting about Warnock was, like I said, I probably didn't realize or I started doing my research on him back probably in like September. Here's an interesting thing that happened. Right. Kelly Loeffler is part owner of the WNBA team, the Atlanta Dream team, the 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 women's basketball team that's here in the city, right? Loeffler back in August of last year, she was very critical of the Black Lives Matter movement. She said that the movement was, quote, divisive and Marxist, close quote. Now, if you're familiar with sports, you know that the WNBA was one of the one of the first leagues to really, really push the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, you know, they were ahead of a lot. They were really ahead of the NBA, to be honest. Um, you know, they were all about inclusion and diversity and all of this good stuff and everything that Black Lives Matter stood for. Don't you see the conflict of interest there? She's the owner of a team. And her players, the players that play for the Atlanta Dream were, you know, pushing this agenda as far as, you know, Black Lives Matter. I mean, we'd gone through the summer from hell of, you know, the murders of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and the shooting of Jacob Blake and so many others, unfortunately, at the hands of the police. So, you know, they wanted to see justice and they were standing in unity with the NBA and there was this movement, and I talked about it on the 2020 podcast of all of these Fortune 500 companies saying Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. Okay, cool, right? Loeffler wasn't with it. She wasn't with it at all. So the players reached out to her, and to my knowledge, I don't know how much conversation they had, but you know, you can't have players saying, Black Lives Matter and then a part owner of the team. Now she this owner, I mean Loeffler, she does she didn't have any day-to-day interactions with the team. She just, you know, that's the I, I don't want to call her a silent owner, but she's not there every day, obviously, because she's in the Senate. So on August 4th, the Atlanta Dream took the court against the Phoenix. I think they played against Phoenix. So I know Phoenix and Atlanta did the same thing. They appeared on national television in black T-shirts 
with all caps in a message written in white across the front that said vote Warnock that's all it said big black letter I mean big white letters on a black t-shirt vote Warnock and then suddenly players across the WNBA started donning these t-shirts too that same day that said vote Warnock now to a lot of people and maybe even to some people in the WNBA they did not know who Warnock was and obviously at the time it was heading into the general election only people in the state of Georgia could vote for Warnock but still they got the message across and the message spread like wildfire across the country all of a sudden you started seeing money coming from everywhere from New York from California to wherever coming into this campaign for Raphael Warnock so that he could have the money to go and fight this battle and all of a sudden Raphael Warnock who actually, I think in the general election, he had more votes than Kelly Loeffler, uh, but he didn't have the required 50.5%. Um, he became to the forefront. Now, I mentioned that there were some, uh, uh, just a bunch of negative political ads, but I think, at least for me, one of the funniest political ads came from Raphael Warnock, Check it out. Raphael Warnock eats pizza with a fork and knife. Raphael Warnock once stepped on a crack in the sidewalk. Raphael Warnock even hates puppies. Get ready, Georgia. The negative ads are coming. Kelly Leffler doesn't want to talk about why she's for getting rid of health care in the middle of a pandemic. So she's going to try and scare you with lies about me. I'm Raphael Warnock, and I approve this message because I'm staying focused on what Washington could do for you. And by the way... I love puppies. Yeah, I, I like that joint. You know, I, I think that was one of the things that, you know, was impressive was that he was like, look, I'm not backing down from Kelly Loeffler. You know, you're not going to sit here and attack me and attack. And one of the things that always came about in any attack ads on Raphael Warnock was the word radical. He was a radical. I mean, I'll put it like this, man. When you're listening to political people talk, always listen for buzz buzzwords. Radical is a buzzword. You know, they like to throw that one around. <laughs> it's in the playbook. <laughs> and we'll we'll get to the playbook in just a second here cuz cuz they do have a playbook. Um nonetheless, from my perspective, the Republicans did absolutely nothing to win this runoff. Absolutely nothing. Loeffler had debates with uh, Raphael Warnock. She was awful. In fact, <laughs> there was a debate between Warnock, excuse me, between uh, Purdue and Ossoff and Purdue didn't even show up. <laughs> I mean, 
there was an empty chair at the debate. Now, either that's a level of arrogance or you just don't want to you don't want to go to war. You don't want to fight. I think it was a little bit of both. Purdue figured, okay, I I got this kid. Again, he's a young, I think he's like 32, 33-year-old Jewish kid. And then, I mean, you're not going to win a war of words with a preacher, not a black, (laughs) a southern black preacher at that. But but Loeffler was, she was awful in her debates. You know, she stood fast and, you know, stayed loyal to, to Duke. She said she didn't think they asked her about, you know, Duke's practices and some of the things that he's done. She said she don't she didn't think that he did anything wrong ever. <laughs> so anyway, we go to the polls. Um, but before we went to the polls, like I said, they just the Republicans did nothing. And, and, and to be honest, they got no help from Duke. Duke came to Georgia twice to have two rallies. But to be honest, man, he spent more time whining about the election being rigged than he did helping Perdon and Glass Eye Kelly. <laughs> yeah, take a look, take a picture, take a look at a picture of, of Kelly Laughlin and tell me if she doesn't have a glass eye. But I digress. <laughs> there was a, a sentiment for the better part of about two weeks where Duke was telling his base in Georgia, don't go to the polls. <laughs> so let me get this straight. You have two Senate seats that are up for grabs. Okay, you just lost the election, right? You're 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 in court fighting, battling it out, trying to get these, you know, trying to get the election overturned, trying to get these states to, you know, you're you're saying that the fraud has happened and you have no proof of the fraud. You're going to the court and you're bringing cases in front of some judges that you actually appointed. <laughs> And they're like, make it the hell out of here, right? You're questioning questioning the integrity of the election that you just participated in. And you've got two Senate seats on the line. And you're telling people not to vote in the election that is going to help decide the Senate. Tell me what sense that makes. It makes none. But, you know, it's on brand with Duke. It's on brand. Not only that, he attacked Kemp, who had been probably from day one, one of his, you know, underlings. I mean, Kemp was one of Kemp. When Duke said back in April. okay, we went on a lockdown because of the virus. Duke said, you know, back in April, going into May. We got to get businesses back open. We got to get the economy working. (laughs) Oh, Kemp took it a step further. Okay, hey, Georgia's wide open. Come on in. And Georgia was not ready for that. I understand. Yeah, you want to have businesses open. But, I mean, there was no, 
hey, we're going to take this step, this step. We're going to slowly migrate back into transitioning to, into being things, you know, having businesses open the way that it was. No, barbershops, you know, uh, uh, any place where you, you know, bowling alleys, gyms, all of that stuff is open. Just wide open. You, you don't have to wear a mask. And, you know, Kemp did that, I think, to impress Duke. And lo and behold, Duke turns on him. <laughs> it was all good just a week ago. <sighs> so, like I said, Duke came here twice, had two rallies. He spent more time in the rallies talking about the rigged election that he did helping, you know, Loeffler and Purdue keep their seats. So for the, for those of you scoring at home, this is how it went down. Duke loses the election. He goes on the attack of the Republican governor, Kemp, the Republican uh, secretary of state, Raffensperger, and barely says anything about their challengers for these seats in John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock. And so ultimately, uh, Raphael Warnock wins. I think he had 51% of the vote. He had 2,276,218 votes over Kelly Loeffler. She finished with 49% votes. Um, John Ossoff, his race was much closer. He won by 50.5%. Uh, he had 2,257,118 votes. Um, so they did it, you know. Um, and then I think they're still counting ballots at, at this time, but they, but it's been called already. I mean, like, they're not going to win. And what was interesting was, here in the state of Georgia, there were over 120,000 people who didn't vote in the general election. Oh, but they showed up for this one. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's an indictment on Biden and Harris, you know, but they're like, nah, I'm not making a decision on Biden and Harris and, and Duke and Flyhead. <laughs> but I'm going to show up for the Senate race. And ultimately, it gets flipped. Um, which leads me to my next topic. Domestic terrorism. Mm, 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 mm. Now, if you've been hiding under a rock, you might not have heard what happened. But the date was January 6th, 2021. Oh, yeah, it was just that a day of infamy. Um, the U.S. Capitol was attacked by domestic terrorists, and that's what we're going to call them here. Uh, domestic terrorists who claim to be Duke supporters. Um, what they did was Congress was having a session to certify the election of Joe Biden. Right. And. They bum rushed the Capitol. That's what it was. Uh, now, l let me pause for a second just to explain the word bum rush. 
because I understand that there might be a few of you listening who may not be of age, but back in the day, back in my day, in the in the in the late eighties, early nineties, and then all through the nineties, there was a certain thing called bum rush. When you bum rush the door. All right, so to give you an example, let's say you're trying to get into a club. The club says, hey, we're not letting anybody else in. And then you start getting a couple of people. You're like, hey, man, we need to get inside there. And, you know, they're saying we're not letting anybody else in. So you and your people, (laughs) you and your boys, you just literally rush the door. You bum rush the door and you knock the door down, knock anybody else, security to be damned, knock them down. And you get inside the club. And that's basically what they tried to do. It was a 2021 bum rush. And. What was interesting was. These trespassers. Now, I, I, let me, before I even get into trespassers, let me explain something. I have no problem. No problem. No matter how crazy I think you are, you have. In this country, you have the right to assemble. You do. Now, whether or not I want to pay you any attention while you assemble, you have the right to assemble. I'm cool with that. So Duke has a rally. My guess is the rally was up the street. (laughs) I don't know where the rally was in, in comparison to where they ended up at the Capitol. But they left the rally. And Duke didn't say go bum rush to go go bum rush the spot. But when you start using words like patriots, they're trying to take this away from us. Who is us? I mean, it sounds like a cult. I mean, that's what it is. But again, these are domestic terrorists draped in the cloth of Duke so they try to bum rush the Capitol in fact they bum rush the Capitol and if you look at some videos there were police officers at the Capitol who allowed them to bum rush but here's the thing that I don't think (laughs) in fact I know they don't know You going to the Capitol while they're deciding to certify the election. Doesn't change anything. The election certification is merely a formality. It's just a ceremony. It's not something that, you know, you have a a say in your say. (laughs) Let me say this real slow for y'all. You had your chance on November 3rd, 2020. That's it. You don't, there's, there's no redos. I mean, like, <laughs> they, they had a recount three times in my state. And I, and I told my boys, I said, why are we doing a recount? So he can re-lose? Because <laughs> that's what it was. But when you give people the false idea that their privilege is is their privilege allows them to think that this is theirs. Nah, it ain't yours. This country belongs to everybody, 
not just you. And it damn sure don't belong to the people who think that it's theirs and theirs alone. Because it's not. So, yeah, I, 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 that was that was mind boggling to me. Mind boggling to me. You're going to bum rush <laughs> the Capitol in hopes of doing what? Overturning an election that was already decided. Even to the point where Duke asked his VP, the vice president of the United States, my man Flyhead. <laughs> I don't need you to certify. I need you to overturn. You can't overturn it. The Constitution says it's been certified. It's been certified by the electoral colleges. The states have already voted. So you went to the point of trying to block the states. The states said, get the fuck out of here. So now you're going to show up at, 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 at the Capitol and you're going to bum rush the Capitol, trespass. I think one police officer was killed. A couple other people died. Of course, the lady who got shot. Um, that was interesting because, you know, I don't celebrate people's death, but I mean, like the question I have is what did you think was going to happen? You are trespassing into a federal building. You are breaking glass into a federal building to get in there to do what? For who? For what? And I saw the video. I don't normally don't watch videos of violence and stuff like that. But yeah, that window got busted open and she was the first one in. And let me let you in on a little secret. <laughs> they were dealing with uh I guess Capitol Police and security on the outside but on the inside there were people in suits and those men in suits had guns and those men that are in suits they don't play by the same rules as capitol police they are there strictly to protect every member of congress and if you saw the photos they were behind furniture of a barricaded door and when that window got busted, they were standing there with about six or seven of them and they all had guns and they were all pointing at the window. And that chick went through the window and she came right back out. Who's that peeking in my window? Pow. Nobody now. Hey, man, it is what it is. It is. It is what it is. I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. So, again, the outcome wasn't going to change. And so all of this is going on. And so they, you know, they breach security. Next thing you know, these people are actually inside. They are actually inside Congress on the House floor or the Senate floor. Taking pictures at Nancy Pelosi's desk messing with a mail trash and stuff just ransacking the place and i thought to myself boy this sure looks different than uh ferguson <laughs> it sure looks different than what we saw here in atlanta this summer looks different from minneapolis <clears throat> excuse me looks different from la and new york 
looks different. It looks totally different. And here's the, the here's the funny part. There were prior to all of this happening, there were senators that were going to object to Biden certification. Now, you can object all you want. I mean, normally nobody objects to the again. It's a formality. It's not something. It's not a process where you can make any changes. Quite honestly, objecting to it is unconstitutional. But these are patriots. These are patriots. (laughs) So anyway, they object. There were some senators that were going to object to it. So now these senators who are in the process of being whisked away and they're hiding in closets and hiding under desk and all kind of stuff like that. They're in fear because this mob of thugs are coming after them. Some of them got guns. So, you know, I don't know. We don't know what would have happened. There were calls for the national guard no oh duke said he called the national guard he didn't (laughs) flyhead did (laughs) so finally order is restored the thugs are pushed out and curfews issued for dc for 6 p.m cops show up the real cops the dc cops and they got to get busy tools out so when they show up Hours later, <laughs> typical police showing up late. Um, you know, they're roughing people up. Uh what's interesting is after all of the ruckus dies down, Congress goes back in session to complete the certification. There are still Republicans who say, you know what, I'm still gonna vote. I'm still gonna object to this. Now wait a minute. <laughs> You're going to object to this when Duke just sent a bunch of henchmen after you and you're going to vote against the certification. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Tell me how much sense that makes. You're still going to say Biden's win wasn't legit. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. And what's even more interesting to me is how this was covered by some media outlets. Take a listen. This is a huge victory for these protesters. They have disrupted the system in an enormous way. Right now, we're seeing hundreds of people standing on the steps of the Capitol. It's a, it's a historic sight, really. So photographers out there are, having a, are taking many historic shots today. We really don't know who is behind this. I guess you could call these, uh, for lack of a better word, Antifa-like tactics. We don't know if Antifa is out there. I saw the beginning of the march, and it seemed you know, pretty non-conspicuous. You're going to see that 99% of this was all peaceful and a handful of folks, and again, we've got to get to the bottom of who they are, who they're representing, decided to try and kick the doors down. If Antifa was there, we need to root it out and to make sure that that's called out because it shouldn't be blamed on groups that weren't responsible. I heard those reports, too, about possible Antifa infiltration. There have been reports that there were instigators. There is no evidence or proof. We also knew that there's always bad actors that will infiltrate large crowds. An overwhelming majority of them, 99 point, more than 99 percent, had to be, 
uh, were peaceful, but because of a small contingent of loons, these patriots have been unfairly maligned. Overall, Lou, the majority of people were peaceful. We said protesters earlier, but that's not accurate for the folks who went inside and, and did damage inside the Capitol. Um, those are extremists. Is it fair to say that? All I can tell you is my view is what happened today does not represent the Trump supporters who I've gotten to know. All that stuff they're putting on these other stations, like, oh, it was the biggest riots in history. No, it wasn't. People were up there and it was no, it peaceful. Uh, what you can't condone either, though, is the way the media's covered this, Mike Carter. You know, I, I'm watching behind you. It looks uh, pretty calm right now. And if you were to listen to, to Fox News and MSNBC and CNN, they were telling us that all hell was going to break loose tonight as if this was BLM and Antifa. <laughs> Whoo! Remember earlier when I mentioned um the playbook? <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of talking in my throat's getting dry. Um, <laughs> remember earlier when I mentioned the playbook? That's the playbook right there. I mean, they they covered it all, and and oh, let let me not forget about good old. What's his name? Uh, Tucker Carlson. Check him out. What happened today will be used by the people taking power to justify stripping you of the rights you were born with as an American. If you don't bother to pause and learn a single thing from it, from your citizens storming your Capitol building, then you're a fool. You lack wisdom and you lack self-awareness. You have no place running a country. We got to this sad, chaotic day for a reason. It is not your fault. It is their fault. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, they got that playbook down pat. So, much like many of you, and my watch while I was watching this, I wasn't surprised. I, w- I wasn't surprised at all. I don't think anybody should be. However, the thing that is frustrating at nauseum is the hypocrisy. Because, and we all said it, so I'm going to say it again. If that had been Black Lives Matter, (laughs) they would have been arrested, shot, killed, brutalized before they got on the first step. They wouldn't have gotten that close. Period, point blank. Duke gets on TV. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. He sends a tweet. I love you. Yeah, you love them. An angry mob of terrorists. You love them. But if it had been Black Lives Matter, if it had been, um, uh, you know, a bunch of Muslims, what would have happened? I, I'll, I'll venture to say that it would have been quite different. But yeah, the nation's capital in front of the world where the leader of the free world 
incites a riot against his own constituents. <laughs> Boy, we thought 2020 was crazy. <laughs> 2021 is off the chain. Um, But no, nah, I'm not surprised. I wasn't surprised. And, you know, just hearing some of the reaction and stuff, people on TV, primarily white folk, not all, but some, they were just shocked. And I'm like, what are you shocked for? Why are you surprised? You know, me as well as a lot of black people, not some, but all, not all, but some. We watch this like, hey, man, that's y'all fight. We ain't got nothing to do with that. And we don't. I watched in not fear or anger. I was, it's just it's sad. It is sad. And, you know, I had a conversation with my kids and I'll continue to talk to them about this. But this ain't how it's supposed to be. And I don't want them to ever grow up, you know, thinking that this is how the world is supposed to work. And it, I mean, think about it like this. Again, you have. An elected official. An official who says that 75 million patriots voted for me. Bro, that don't make you the winner. You just the best loser. <laughs> you had more votes than any other um, president before. But guess what? The guy who won had 81 million votes. <laughs> I mean, the last time I, ch- I, mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not a math guy, but the last time I checked, 81 million was greater than 75 million. I mean, I could be wrong. I got a calculator here. I might need to do the number, do the math myself. But that's what it is. This dude was put into office. Put into office, elected into office, and this is how it is. And this is who he is. So I'm not surprised at all. This is, and let me remind you, this is the guy that said he grabbed you by the pussy. The guy who promised to build a wall. I ain't seen one brick yet. <laughs> the guy who said he could stand on the street and shoot somebody and get away with it. The guy who talked about shithole countries. The guy who gave you the Mueller report. the guy who was ultimately impeached the guy who talked about the good people in Charlottesville the guy who proclaimed his love to the quote unquote protesters the guy who (laughs) asked his own vice president to go against the constitution and throw out the throw out the election results from a safe and secured election and then ultimately turned on his own vice president. The guy who single-handedly destroyed the Republican Party. Because keep in mind, he wasn't a Republican before he ran for office. He wasn't. (laughs) 
It's funny, man. I remember when I was in high school, there was an old fable for you young folks, an old story. Um, the story was about a snake on a mountain. So there was a man that was hiking. He saw this snake. And the man had a big jacket on. And the snake said, hey, can you put me on your put me in your jacket as you walk to the top of this mountain? And when you get to the top of the mountain, put me down on the ground. I would greatly appreciate it. And the man said, well, no, you're a snake. The moment that I pick you up, you're going to bite me. And the snake said, and I'm paraphrasing here. <laughs> the snake said, I promise you, if you take me to the, it's, it's, it's very cold here. If you take me, you know, no, I'm sorry. He, they were at the top of the mountain. They were going down the mountain. So the snake said, hey, if you take me down the mountain, I, you know, I, I can't make it up here. I'm, I'm going to freeze to death. If you take me down the mountain, I promise you, I won't bite you. I just need to be warm inside your jacket and just take me to the bottom of the mountain. So the man thought about it. He picked the snake up, put him in his jacket, walked down the mountain. They got to the bottom of the mountain. The man put the snake down and began to walk away. And as he began to walk away, the snake bit him. And the man said, why did you bite me? You promised me that you wouldn't bite me. And the snake looked at him and said, you knew what I was when you picked me up. And that's what this country has been in the last four years. You hire a clown, you're going to get a clown show. For the last four years, Duke has <laughs> cost the Republicans the, rep the presidency. He's cost them the Senate. And he's cost them the House. <laughs> So if you ask me, <laughs> he did what he said he was going to do. He made America great again. <laughs> Fuck out of here, man. That's the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.